Chattahoochee, copyright 2023, by Randy Cooper. All rights reserved. No parts of this podcast may be used or reproduced by any means without the expressed written permission of the author. Chattahoochee, Chapter 11. I had called an emergency number for Corazon Software and found my way to the telephone number of the head of security. Hey, I realized it's Saturday evening, but time is of the essence. I called John Maxwell, head of security. When I heard the name, I thought I'd heard of him before, and while the phone was still ringing, I realized just where from. John used to be an FBI agent in the Atlanta office, and we had worked on some cases together in the past. No doubt Corazon Software was paying him big bucks. I remember John had a law degree from Tulane and was disappointed at first having been placed in Atlanta versus New Orleans. He ended up loving Atlanta, largely due to meeting his wife Edie and settling in fairly well. His only flaw was he was a diehard Saints fan and it was the one part of Louisiana he couldn't live without. I remember one year we went to a Falcon Saints game and the Saints won. Not only did I have to buy the beer that night, He talked shit for a whole year. He ended up getting married, and that ended us going to football games together, and we sort of lost touch over the last few years. Son of a bitch, Dvorak. You still in homicide? Of course, what else? Man, you ought to try out the private sector. Less hours, more money. Doesn't sound bad, does it? Like I'm going to be content running background checks and patrolling parking lots. No thanks, I'd rather be a real cop. Fuck you too, asshole. What can I do for you? I need some information. If I can help you, you know I will. I've got a piece of physical evidence that could tie one of your employees to a crime scene. Problem is, I don't know if this is a victim or a suspect. Are you trying to say that either one of our employees is the body you found this morning or one of our employees is a suspect? Ah, that's the way it's looking, John. You don't have any young white females missing, do you? No, but nobody will report to work until Monday. There's a few that travel, work from home, and then there's remote offices. What the hell did you find? I found a lapel pin. Jesus, Dvorak. We hand that shit out like candy. I probably have two or three sitting on top of my dresser. They're a promotional item the marketing department distributes at trade shows. Everybody in the world has access to it, not just employees. Listen, I realize that. Boy, he knows how to make me feel stupid. He's not even in the FBI anymore, and he's still pulling that superiority bullshit. I'm reaching here, I know it, but I've got to track everything down. Short of missing employees, what else do you have in mind? Does Corazon Software hire people with felonies? Not normally, but exceptions have been made. We didn't even run background checks until I came on board. I need you to tell me who the exceptions are. Then I need you to run the employees hired on before you ran checks and run them again. Damn, Dvorak. What else do you want me to do? Solve the case for you? Do you realize what you're asking? Hey, I know it's a lot of work. Give me the name and the social security numbers, and I'll run them if that would help. I gotta talk with Manny and our general counsel first. You're really starting up some shit here, you know? John, I have two dead women, and I don't want any more. Ask Manny what he'd want me to do if it were his daughter found naked and murdered, okay? Craig, I'm sure Manny wants to cooperate, but this is the age of lawsuits, and even defending yourself when you know you're right can cost a hundred grand or more. I understand. Do you? 
Do you know what the fuck I'm dealing with here? The kind of pressure I'm under? Do you know what it's like to face these girls' families and tell them that we're doing everything we can and we really don't have a fucking clue? Calm down, Dvorak. I'll ask, and if I can do anything, I will. I can only imagine what kind of shit you're enduring right now. Give me a few minutes, I'll call you back. I drove home, considering how confused I must have sounded to him. I hated what I had become. I just need to keep pushing. Monday, Lieutenant DiNapoli is going to have my ass for breakfast if I can't come up with something to bring to the table. When I got home, I turned on cops and started watching that. I wonder how many other cops are off-duty watching it, too. Ironically, I wondered how many criminals were watching it as well. On my visits to the county lockup on Saturday nights, it never ceased to amaze me that every TV would be tuned to cops. Less ironic, they were always cheering for the bad guys to get away. I wonder how many of our citizens are also cheering for the bad guys. We've come a long way since the 60s when cops were hated and called pigs, but I can tell you from my experience dating, as soon as I say I'm a cop, I get a really how interesting translated that means take me home right now and never call me again cops was over and i was halfway through america's most wanted hoping i would never have to resort to this to solve my cases when the phone rang it was john i've got good news and bad news you're killing me you know that john i could only find one employee with a felony it's an ag charge from 10 years ago listen john i know this guy he's good people I understand now if you want to check him out, but bring company. This guy is built like a brick shit house. Roger that. I appreciate the heads up. I seldom take chances. What's the bad news? If you want to run them, I'll give you the list on the condition your memory becomes real bad if anyone asks you where you got it. I'm not getting you in any trouble, am I? No, I cleared everything through Manny. He's got three daughters. He understood. How soon can you give me the names? It's getting late tonight. I'll go into the office in the morning and I'll call you at noon. Sounds great. Give me the guy's name, address, and social. Demetrius Woods, 2593 Peachtree Dunwoody Road, Apartment F. Thanks, Jim. Are we on next time the Saints are in town? Only if you're buying the beer after the Falcons lose. Not going to happen this year, my friend. Read your scouting report. Yeah? Good luck. Thanks, pal. I'll see you then. I had a phone call to make. Dvorak. Jesus Christ, it's 11 o'clock at night. This better be good. Yes, LT, I have a potential suspect I want to interview tomorrow. Dvorak. I thought we talked about that noncommittal bullshit, didn't we? A potential suspect. You need to quit screwing with me. Get your facts, cause him a suspect, instead of inferring his potential. Now, do you have a suspect? I have a person of interest I want to interview. He breathed a heavy sigh, and I explained the link between the physical evidence, the company, and the suspect. We agreed to try and keep our exposure to a minimum because of the fact that what we had was pretty weak. Before we hung up, though, he actually said something decent to me. It's about fucking time. I was beginning to think you lost your mojo. We agreed to have three patrol cars assist Tyra and me. We'd meet at 6.30 at the front of the apartment complex, do a briefing, and hit him at 7 a.m. Nice little wake-up call, huh? I called Tyra and didn't even think about it being on Sunday until she answered. I didn't say anything about it, but made a mental note to ask her about it in the morning. Morning would come quickly. 
much too quickly for Mr. Demetrius Woods. I actually showed up stone-cold sober, less than the two quarts of coffee I consumed between getting up at 5.30 and driving to the meat point. When I got there, Tyra pulled in right behind me, and the apartment resident manager met us with a floor plan. The three cruisers rolled up, and we agreed two guys would watch the back patio, and four officers would be with Tyra and me when I knocked. I explained we didn't have a warrant. We were going to ask him if he would answer some questions, and if he consented, let us look around the apartment. The officers all agreed they would follow my lead. I knocked on the door at exactly 7 a.m., and I knocked on the door again. Then I rang the bell, and I rang the bell again. I was almost ready to give up when the door opened a crack before being caught by the chain. Who is it? Demetrius Woods were police officers, I said with as much authority in my voice as I could muster. At first I thought he was slamming the door in my face, but then the door opened wide and he asked, What can I do for you folks? I was taken aback. From appearance I was geared up for an ex-con with a history of violence. Now I was greeted by Mr. Rogers. Can we come in? Sure, what's going on? How can I help? My hopes for this being a valid suspect were quickly fading. Do you mind if they look around while we talk? I made a head motion toward the uniforms. Of course not. Feel free. You guys are scaring me. What's happened? Is something going on with my mom? Is she okay? Tyra looked at me, and I could tell by her eyes what she was thinking. You dragged me over here on Sunday to rouse Mr. Clean? Mr. Woods, I'm Detective Washington. This is Detective Dvorak. I'm sure your mother is fine. We'd like to talk to you about a case we're investigating. Sure. Hey, listen, why don't I make some coffee for us, huh? When he got up, I signaled a uniform to accompany him. I've seen situations like this go to shit in a heartbeat, and the cup of coffee he's really going to get is a Tech 9. I imagine this early on a Sunday morning. It must be pretty important, he called from the kitchen. Yes, it is, as we were looking around. Not your typical bachelor pad. Very tastefully decorated, very clean. A lot of computer equipment in the eat-in kitchen, which was being used more for an office than a kitchen. The second bedroom had a Bowflex, a Stairmaster, and one wall was totally mirrored. In the closet were hand weights, a jump rope, and what appeared to be an entire winter wardrobe. The bedroom was furnished in a red oriental motif, and the corresponding bathroom was spotless. Before we begin, Mr. Woods, I need to Mirandize you. He had just finished carrying the coffee and setting it down when he looked up. The uniforms were on alert. Are you going to arrest me? The tension in the air is so thick you can barely breathe. I'm getting ready for him to snap at any moment. No, we just want to ask you a few questions. He nodded complacently and answered in the affirmative when I was finished reading the Miranda card. Now, Mr. Woods, we understand you were convicted of aggravated assault. Man, is this what that's all about? I'm done. I have served my time. I finished probation. I've never violated once. I was never late on a payment. Why is this coming back up now? Tyra took over. We're just looking into some things. Can you tell us about how you got this conviction? Well, sure. I had just turned 18. My sister, who was 16, went out with a boy on a date. 
He forced himself on her. She wasn't raped, but she came home crying with her blouse torn. My father was never around. I never knew him, so I was the man of the house. I caught up to this guy one day after school, and I told him if he ever touched my sister again, or if I even heard of him hurting another girl, my sister and I were going straight to the police. The next day when I came home, he and three of his homeboys jumped me. I thought they were going to beat me to death. I was lucky enough to get a baseball bat in my garage, and I started swinging at anything that moved. I ended up connecting right to his head, and the other three ran off. Somebody had called the cops, but when they drove up, all they saw was me with a baseball bat standing over this kid in a pool of blood. I was really lucky he didn't die. I was arrested, and when my public defender showed up, he said my choice was an 8-do-2 or go to trial and face the possibility of 20 years. Now, anybody who says I'd never plead guilty to something I didn't do has never been faced with that choice. Do I serve a two-thirds of 24 months or two-thirds of 20 years? Let me tell you, I didn't have to think long. I mean, it didn't mean to hurt the guy, but I did. I did my 16 months and came home. I did eight more months on parole and then two years on probation before I got switched to a non-report. I've never been in trouble before, and I haven't been in trouble since. So there it is. I leveled with you. You level with me. What's up? It sounded great, but I wasn't giving up so easily. I asked him about what he was doing the weekend before we found Meredith Boxster. I started the weekend at Dan and Brewster's off Delk Road in Marietta, and then Tyra interrupted, What's Dan and Brewster's? It's a big game room for adults. He looked at her. You need to get out more, girl, and shook his head. I, on the other hand, was trying to keep this interview on track. Who can confirm that? A bunch of people. I was there with the whole department. What department? The marketing department where I work, Corazon Software. What time did you leave? Tyra came back into it, and I felt we had him on the ropes now. I, I don't know. Ten, maybe eleven? My turn. Did you leave alone or with somebody? Anybody see you leave or get in your car? Tyra took her hit. I don't remember who all was left. People left at different times. I went to my car alone, though. Did you meet anybody while you were there? Talk to anybody? My turn again. Of course. Well, I wouldn't really say I met anybody, but we all talked to the people who were playing near us and people come up to talk. What about a white female? Do you remember talking to a white female? Tyra was piercing him with her eyes. Well, sure, I, I guess I talked to a few. I took the picture out of Meredith Boxster. How about this girl? He froze. Now, I've read a lot of suspects. This guy looked like a deer in the headlights. Oh, sweet Jesus. He looked from Tyra. We were silent. That's the girl from the TV. That's the one that was killed. He joined us in our moment of silence. Please don't tell me you think I had anything to do with it. It's at this moment the first one to speak loses. Tyra and I were standing fast. Oh my God. He buried his face in his hands and began to cry. Demetrius, Tyra said on the couch next to him, and put her arm around him. I could feel a confession approaching fast. Is there anything you'd like to tell us? We want to hear your side of it. If something happened, we understand. 
Things happen sometimes, especially when we're drinking. Have you been under a lot of stress at work, maybe? Just tell us what happened. He shook his head back and forth. It was pitiful to see this strong man break down and cry like this. I felt like I needed to step in. Demetrius, if you cooperate with us, I promise I'll go to the judge on your behalf. I'll work with the DA for you. I've been around here a long time. I got a lot of pull. You need to think about that. There's a good possibility they'll want to go for the death penalty on this one. He looked up with tears running down his face. I had nothing to do with it. I never saw the girl before in my life, before seeing her on TV. I'd never, ever hurt anyone like that. I swear to you. Demetrius, Tyra sounded off. We have some physical evidence. She didn't lie. I'd really like to help you. My turn. Demetrius, if you help us understand what happened, I'll even ask the DA to set a bond. Let you take care of some things. Now that was a bold-faced lie, and I knew it, but I was begging for him to confess. No, I didn't do this. I had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it. I pled guilty that time because I hit him with a bat. It was self-defense, but I hit him either way. He looked me boldly in the eye. I'd rather die than admit this when I didn't do nothing. I didn't know her, didn't meet her, didn't see her, and I damn sure didn't kill her. You need to think very carefully about this, Demetrius. Very carefully. I motioned the uniforms toward the door. Tyra stood up next to me. Demetrius, if you need to talk, call me. She said it so sweet. You could drink her and go into a sugar coma. He just nodded. We were getting ready to leave, and I turned back to him. Mr. Woods. Yes? Don't even think of leaving town. Tyra and I got into the car and took off. You could see the neighbors wondering what the hell was going on over here on a Sunday morning.